0: Hi, my name is Natalie Erica James. I'm the writer-director of Relic. Relic is a psychological horror about three generations of women who become haunted by a manifestation of dementia. It's my first feature film and I co-wrote it based on experiences I had with my grandmother who had Alzheimer's. I was always a really big fan of uh, Asian horror and gothic horror growing up, so this film has a lot of fun genre elements. I particularly fell in love with directing stunts. We had this wonderful all female stunt team, but we also had a bunch of prosthetics and special effects and visual effects, animatronics, so it was a pretty hectic shoot, but it was a whole lot of fun. So it's a really heightened story, of course, but I really hope it captures the essence of how horrible it is to watch a loved one lose parts of themselves. The film is really about how there are more horrific things in life than death. It's grieving for the loss of someone who's still alive. It's having to witness the, the decline of a brilliant mind um, and the feeling of becoming a stranger to someone who brought you into the world. Those are you know, the true horrors, I think. <laughs>
1: Welcome to Speak All Evil, the podcast. You were warned about. I'm Trent here with Kevin, Cat, and Dave. Hello, hello, hola. Hi. Follow us on Instagram at Speak All Evil Pod. Cat is engaged.
2: Woo! I am. That <laughs> was fast. Thank you.
1: That's good. Fast intro. Big news. Congratulations, Cat. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Yep. This is
1: not a joke. It's not a drill. It's not a bit. Engaged I am to be married. To, uh, married, engaged.
2: Married to a man. Hopefully. Uh, For the first time? Yeah. This is my first engagement. I don't know about you guys. How many times have you guys been engaged?
1: (laughs) Don't ask. (laughs) 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 Shout out Kevin. Kevin Kenny, one time engaged, still married. Ladies and gentlemen. Yes. This is true. One of the only people I know, Kevin. So Kat, take your your cues from Kevin. I'm
2: trying every day. I'm like, what would Kevin do?
3: (laughs) Yeah, don't Um, follow me.
1: It it, only in that department. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's Um, mean.
2: If I may set the scene of how it went down, just because I think it it needs to be. I think it needs to be. um, Oh,
1: you want to gloat gloat about the setup that your fiance did for you? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. go right ahead. Go right ahead.
2: Um, So, for the past few weeks, I just thought there was going to be a really fun um, Dolly Parton drag bingo brunch at gino's rock club on sunday because i'm stupid and i was just like of course this random uh event would just be tailored specifically to me that would have nothing to do with me specifically but i'm excited to go and so for like however long i've been happy and inviting everyone i'm like let's go to this drag queen brunch it's gonna be so fun so we get there and of course all of my friends are there and my sister and my brother-in-law have been like, Oh yeah, we're going. It's going to be great. And I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. It's going to be great. We're all having a nice time. I walk in and it's completely just decked out in Dolly Parton accoutrements balloons and, and streamers. A, a, Dolly Parton specifically has a Walmart line, apparently of party supplies that uh, Nick went and bought out, I assume because there were billions of them. Um, so, I'm given specific bingo cards, apparently, sneakily, that are rigged to win in the first round. And so then I'm called up onto the stage, which I thought was weird, to pick my prize. And so I'm looking at the prizes, and there's this drag queen, Gigi Gabor, love her to death, who was doing dolly drag on the stage, and then it's like, oh, you you know, we have all these mediocre prizes that you could win, but I get to pick your prize. I'm like, oh, okay, well, can I get like this Gino's poster? I think that one's really cool. She's like, Well, looks like there's another prize. And then Nick, who's been hiding in the green green room, like up at Gino's, walks down the stairs and I start to weep. And then he comes onto the stage and he proposes. And it was a it was a magical time. He uh Was so nervous, though, that he didn't put the ring on my finger. He just handed me the box. It was like, there you go. Marry me. And I was like, "Okay." Uh
3: (laughs) I was actually walking by that at that moment outside. I don't remember Uh -uh. where we were. We were at the breakfast or brunch or something. And we heard like B69. And we're like, oh, "Oh, it's bingo. And we almost went in.
2: I wish you had come in.
1: That's very funny. Uh, And props to Nick. Great job, Nick. I'm really Mm -hmm. impressed with that. You know, it's funny because I saw saw the listing for this Dolly Parton brunch at Gino's Mm -hmm. Rock Club from noon to 2 p.m. on Sunday. They don't serve food. And I was like, "This is the dumbest fucking event I've ever heard of. <laughs> who the fuck? Dolly Parton brunch at Gino's Rock Club from twelve to two on Sunday. <laughs> this 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 really takes the cake for dumb fucking events that I've ever heard of. Well, who, who? And then I thought, well, of course, Cat will be there. You know, uh, just yeah, to, and, you know. And then and then when you told us you were engaged, and I saw, I thought, wow, brilliant, great job. Of course, right. it was all a ruse. He did
2: well, it how was- to get me."
3: It was a relief because sometimes I know that Nick picks the movies for you (laughs) during some of your weeks and they're much better than ones you pick. So Nick really knows how to
1: pick (laughs) long way to go.
2: Anyway, it's (laughs) it's also for the listeners, if I may, it's a uh, it's a coffin shaped engagement ring. So we kept it spooky over here see. so go
1: to instagram go find cat on instagram kit kat smith is it still is that an old no, one? no
2: no it's cat smith but it's c-a-t-s-m-t-h because the other out. one was taken
1: check out the coffin ring and uh sorry i mean i'm afraid we're gonna lose some some thirst fans now that you're right. engaged can you not from this point forward that after this can you not we're talk never- about it on no. the-
2: Hopefully they missed, um, they didn't want to watch this episode. And from now on, I'm still just the hot, uh, the hot woman of the podcast.
1: Yeah. Available. You, it's important that you sort of just cultivate just a general air. You don't have to say you're available. Yeah. If you cultivate a sort of an air yeah. of available. Like okay, yeah, yeah. No,
2: I get it. You yeah, might yeah, be, it, it. you
1: could be available. It's unclear if you're available. Yeah, if you're I mean, eating.
2: looking at my Instagram anyway, it's usually, you know, yeah. my, my butt's out. So Cool
1: october 15th this sunday it's it's (laughs) upon us now this is no engagement prank this is no ruse sunday october 15th at george and leon's in westbrook maine at 7 p.m it's a double feature speak all evil presents echo lantern and pieces five bucks uh gonna be a great time there's going to be uh, drink specials, food specials, all kinds of stuff like that. We're going to be hanging
3: out. they got horror and, movies in the bathroom.
1: Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. It's the event is in the bathroom. You know where I'll be. And then October 30th, All Hallows Eve Eve, at the Ephodian Theater in Portland, Maine, we are uh, holding our second annual Speak All Evil presents Halloween Film Screening Costume Party Mixer, 7 p.m., five bucks costume contest will be dressed up costumes are not required but are strongly encouraged we're going to be screening the stuart gordon splatter classic reanimator gonna be tons of fun october 30th monday night 7 p.m at the Ephodian theater lots of news guys i mean i know we we want to get to uh to the films this week Trent,
4: i did go and see um it lives inside
1: oh what did you think
4: I actually liked it. I think it suffers from having a movie like talk to me come out this year and so close to it. Yeah. And I think it just sort of suffers. There's kind of like a fatigue I think right now of uh, sort of like it follows inspired like teen horror movie, like demony things. Yeah. It's on the lower end of those. I think it's still better than a lot of mainstream offerings that you're going to, you're going to get, but, but I do understand that, that, your uh,
1: your general dislike of it. I thought it was bad. Yeah, I did not like it. <laughs> did anyone else
3: uh, put in a request to get a screener for When Evil Lurks? I got an email saying if you'd like to request a screener, like reach out to this person. I did that today. Hopefully I hear back.
1: Oh, nice.
4: I didn't because it hits theaters uh, in two days.
1: I don't know if it's going to play. Um, it's not coming to the Nick. I, I don't know if it's going to play at one of the bigger theaters near us or or what? But it is hitting Shutter on October twenty seventh, I believe. Correct. Reviews are coming in for Exorcist Believer. Oh guess? boy, I haven't read any. Not good. I just saw. I was just um, killing time before we started this extraordinarily late podcast episode. I just Sorry. saw. Uh, people are are the knives are out. People are reviews are coming in. People are not liking the new Exorcist. What don't
2: they like about it? I don't know. Just the whole thing. I
3: mean, if any of the stuff that was in the trailer is in the movie, then I don't like it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Those are Uh, the best parts. This week,
1: no particular theme, I don't believe. Was there, Kevin? No, I don't think so. After watching
4: the movies, maybe it's uh, what's in the walls?
1: What's in the (laughs) wall? Oh, I thought, you know what? Or what's under the bed? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that too. Movies well, we have sort of like boogeyman scenes. We're going to start with a film from 2017 or 18 called Terrified.
2: As a slew of blood curdling supernatural incidents terrifies the inhabitants of a quiet neighborhood in Buenos Aires, a pair of paranormal researchers, a forensic analyst, and a police commissioner join forces to connect the dots. However, As a dark veil of mystery clouds the case more and more, the experienced investigators find themselves treading water. Something is feeding off suffering. When pain attracts evil, can there be a solace for the terrified?
4: Yeah, so I, um, obviously, with Damien Rooney, the director, having a new movie coming out when evil lurks, decided to visit Terrified. Uh, I typically, during October, will go with like a trick or treat or something that's a little bit more like on the fun Halloween side. This year, I wanted to find some movies that have actually scared me in recent years, because I think for all the horror that we talk about, sometimes we talk about like campy, sometimes we talk about funny, and sometimes just really gross. And so it's been a while, I think, since we kind of got down into, you know, what actually scares us now and this is one of the few movies that i've seen in recent years that that legitimately scared me. And then rewatching it, i found that it's a lot there's a lot more depth to it than just the scares. This is a very difficult film to to follow on first watch. Really the only thing that it has going for it at a surface level is the fact that it is very scary. It's very well shot there are some legit scares that doesn't really fall back on a lot of the gimmicks that we talk about and that we may criticize from time to time when people are trying to scare us. This, this movie, it, it, it is scary. However, watching it again and, and kind of realizing, you know, this is 2017, 2018. So the director has a lot to pull from here. You know, there's a lot of like nightmare on Elm street. There's a lot of poltergeist there's invasion of the body snatchers. There's Hellraiser. There's a lot of influences here. And I think he does a really good job of paying homage to them while giving us something that is, is relatively original. The, the, the characters are pretty large cast of characters. And one of the things that I found interesting in this movie, there really isn't like a main character. And it also does sort of jump from from different times so it doesn't just give you like one linear story from start to finish I think this movie holds up there's a lot more to it than I initially thought and I don't know how you guys felt but it really does scare the shit out of me
3: I don't really know much uh, horror from this area but some of the imagery was perfect for me under the bed shit was whack CGI there was one shot in particular that was like I almost was completely checked out when I saw the, the thing under the bed. He's like yellow. He's got glowing eyes. And he oh, looks it's like
4: cool. Uh, I was yeah, like, I, I f- thought it was rad.
3: Really? Not like a, it looked like <laughs> one of those scary video games, like Silent Hill or something to me. I, I don't know. It I thought some of the effects are reminding me of actually like video game horror movies, like Resident Evil, the remakes. Oh, my and all that God. stuff. Yeah, just the, some of the CGI. It was obviously CGI where some of the other stuff was obviously just well done makeup. And even if it was CGI, it was more believable than those few parts that took me out of it a little bit. I didn't love this movie. I liked this movie a lot. I think I recommended it back when it, it came out. I remember liking it, but I wasn't crazy about it. I don't know I think it was just that about it. That that could be a big turnoff for me. For horror, I just want really realistic stuff. I want stuff that is the down in the dirt stuff we talk about with the practical effects and everything. But where most of the Spanish language movies that we've watched from Spain, Mexico, now Argentina, one thing they always focus on is a very, very tight storyline or something original about the story. But I loved Terrified for the story. Uh, It just got a little
1: cheap for me, but this is a banger. I love this movie. This is great. I think this is one of the um, among the best horror movies that we've seen lately, certainly for something contemporary, big, big fan of this movie. This is exactly the kind of haunting horror that I like. And, And this movie does all the things that I think you should do in a haunting horror movie. It's scary. I'm not a big fan of haunting horror because most haunting horror movies to me or a lot are more like stuff like The Conjuring or Insidious. They're very low stakes. They're very, you know, soft light. They're just stupid. I'm supposed to believe that Patrick Wilson is a paranormal investigator. <laughs> He's going to explain all this stuff to me and everything goes back to some. Your, fa- your face
3: right now. Dude.
1: <laughs> You're <Yeah>. just like. <laughs> yeah. Everything goes back to some doll or something, and nobody dies. You know, This movie does it exactly right, right from the opening. Wow, bang, bang, bang. What a crazy open. Love that first. <sighs> that whole first um, sequence is so scary and jarring and shocking. It's gruesome. Uh, and then from there, I just I loved everything that happens. All the performances acting great. Love these uh, – ar- nobody um, that we know, they're Argentine actors. We talked about um, – remember that movie She-Wolf? I think that was the only other yeah. horror from Argentina that we've talked about. Great, great performances. Uh, believable. I, I loved um, Juano, the, the guy. He, he's like he's the paranormal investigator. He's not as pro- as, uh, as the other two, but he just seems like more of a local paranormal guy. He worked in the police department for a long time. He did autopsies. He was great. He was really realistic to me. I believed that that guy was who his character was. The cop, uh, I believed that the cop was who the cop was. I loved when the kid comes back from the dead at Pet Cemetery time. Sometimes death <laughs> is better. That was so scary sitting at the table. Oh my God, what's going on with this movie? And then from there, it just... The pace is amazing. Eighty-seven minutes. This movie just keeps shocking you, keeps doing scary things to you. I love the stuff under the bed. I love that monster. I I didn't wasn't really noticing, uh, or at least taken out of anything by the CGI. It seemed fine to me. Uh, I thought there was enough practical stuff that if it was, it was mixed in there, I didn't mind. The, there's a scene where the a character whose head has been twisted around and pulled like taffy comes running at <sighs> <of> the screen. <laughs> My God! What is it? it? Looks like a a rabid ostrich is running. At the tree. What, is. What, is what is that thing? Oh my God! That's her head. My God! That's, that's what I'm looking for. It's hard to find. I, if you haven't seen Terrified, gotta see Terrified on Shudder. Highly recommend it. Great pick of it.
2: Man, this one might haunt my dreams for a little while. Scary. I feel like a, a lot of the horror movies that. I or we usually watch are more of like a like a psychological horror. Like afterwards, I'm kind of like, oh, my brain hurts. And like, there's a lot of emotions (laughs) and Uh, but this one (laughs) slapped in the way that it was just fucking terrifying, not in an all like, oh, it's weird, fucked up shit that's happening kind of way, but more in a dear God, what is that kind of a way? The jump scares got me, I would say for this one, the window one, especially uh, and the guy's like, oh, he's over there. No, he's over there. Oh, and then, yeah. and, I oh, I like, and, so, and some meaning? of them,
4: some of them, you know, it's coming and it still works.
2: Yeah. yeah. I But the thing about that one was, is I didn't think it was coming. So I was like, oh, he's going to be like in it's the long away. He's going to get like closer and closer. I didn't think he was just going to be like right there. I kind of wanted to cry because it was just so effective. Right off the bat, you've got that fucking. Oh, my God. That was that's when I knew I was in trouble with that woman just like in air just beating herself up against the wall just like what have what has kevin done to us so this week and then you've got like the tall naked man just living out of the bed and in the wardrobe with his long little fingers dead boy obviously but then the in and you know what got me was the fucking hole in the wall when that woman's just up against it like just talking Uh.
1: So and good. then the so weird
2: good. fucking long elongated pointy... Fi- <laughs> uh- I think it's the long fingers for me that did it this week. Because I guess I'm just used to seeing mine, which are just so beautiful and dainty, but not these ones. The story itself I think was interesting. I really don't understand <laughs> what was going on. I Demonic stuff? I don't really know. All I know is that whatever I watched was very frightening. I thought that the time hopping kind of storyline was was interesting because I didn't really understand at first and I was like connecting the dots where it was like, oh, they went to this person, but then actually this happened first at this house and then like kind of back and forth. But yeah, and then there there wasn't really a resolution at all, which I think makes it even scarier, especially that last jump scare. I would give this one a high rating for me in terms of how frightened I was to watch it alone in a dark room um which is perfect for this season. You know, I got my um really gross um pumpkin beer. from Ugh. Samuel Adams that I'm drinking cuz I bought it to try to be spooky at the drive-in and now I'm forced to drink it. You set a scene, you light a candle, you know, you get you get to town on the spooky movie. It was just it was a good good week what? for that, I would say. You get to, you get you go to town, you get to town I spooky don't... movie. What? You set a scene. You set a scene. <laughs> you light a go to, candle. You, you go drink to your shitty pumpkin beer. You go to town on you? yourself, not in a gross way. Yeah, that's what I do. I sit alone in a dark room. You go to town. Watch these movies.
3: You to <laughs> <laughs> said go to town. I picture something like medieval, like you're going to some wooden table somewhere and flagging of no. meat.
1: Go to town. I, I, I Nobody wants like,
2: to watch this movie with me. I know I'm what sure, you're picturing. Uh, no, oh,
1: no, not. Go, I mean like no. Go, no, no, no. Going go to town like. Woo. Yeah, going crazy on a nachos or, you know, at the gambling, oh. at the blackjack table or something.
2: You think I could eat during this movie? Are you kidding me?
1: I like the Columbo vibes of that older cop.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Super laughs> Columbo vibe. He's always just had one eyebrow up, kind
1: of like thinking of shit the whole time. He, he's weary. Um, he's a grizzled veteran. He's seen a lot. Yeah. He, he's seen. He, he saw somebody. He about to retire. Uh, 14, that's the other guy. Well, yeah, I don't know. There's a couple of guys. They're, They're all, all the grizzled. Same. They're all weary. This this guy, <laughs> Guano, He he saw a corpse with 14 bullet holes in its head come to life and grab him. This isn't his first rodeo.
4: Oh, that's yeah, that's Hano. Yeah, the the yeah. cop, though, the cop was an absolute fucking disaster. Every single time the movie got to a new phase, that poor cop would re- reveal yeah. some other health issue. They just really gloss over the cliche, like, I'm going to retire in a couple of months. So you're like, ah, this guy's fucked, like yeah. right from the get-go. <laughs> At one point, he's like, ah, I can't hear that well. And then he's like, oh, my blood pressure. And then, oh, I got to quit smoking. And then he's sweating. And it's just like, holy fuck, this guy's like a walking collision. Vanity. That's where yeah. COVID started. It was this fucking guy in Argentina.
1: Anytime you're watching a horror movie and a character mentions how close they are to retirement, not good for them. All done. Not Probably yeah. not going to see retirement.
3: Or if, if two friends want to like finally open that business, they've always talked about why one of them is wounded. Like, yeah, we're going <laughs> to open that record store, Trent, and you're going to be the cashier and we'll curate the best record.
4: Dave, to your point, like a lot of the Spanish films that we watch, uh, I think one of the things that is always, uh, I guess, like uh, uh, the road that they take is they're always bleak. Um, Trent, you mentioned how like a lot of like the spooky stuff that you can watch is low stakes. And I, I just, you know, made that comment when I saw The Nun too. Like, yeah. it's a well-made movie. At no point did I feel that anybody was in actual danger. At least anyone right. that mattered. This is bleak. So bleak, and you know we talk about it a lot um with the the cast that you mentioned, Trent. You don't know anybody, and and a lot of times with some of these foreign horror films, that is the best thing. Is you know you don't know any of the actors, so you can connect with their character a little bit, and you're not referencing anything that you've seen them in before or that you might even see on social media about their personal life. I couldn't tell you one person that starred in this movie i just know that Funes was the cop you know hano was paranormal guy number one that used to be the corner everybody to me was the actual like the dead boy to me was just a dead boy like that was really fucking freaky oh, uh, everything man. was incredibly believable despite the fact that It is an incredibly unbelievable and I think pretty, you know, complex um, story. But I I do really appreciate the fact that it is very open ended, I think, in terms of the ending. Um, And I do think I have an explanation. I think we've already kind of delved into spoiler territory. But whenever anyone wants to uh, to to get into school time, I will happily school people with what I think the entire uh, what everything meant and how it all came to be.
1: Well this see this is the thing to me uh, I don't think it was uh, I was not a confusing difficult story there is the time jump thing is a little weird but it, it's a haunted block and I really liked that it's a haunt, the whole block is haunted right so it's, it's a block party for ghosts and what I liked about this movie one of the many things that I liked is that it didn't try to explain everything this movie believes in mystery and this is something that so many movies are supposed to be about paranormal we don't understand, supernatural, things I'm out of this world that we can't comprehend, and yet it can all be explained by some stupid fucking doll. This movie believes in its own mystery, it is is paranormal, it is otherworldly, it is not something that we understand, so you don't get a neat little explanation, you get kind of a theory from one of the investigators about different dimensions and existing at the same time, and there's a, a part about perspective, see it here, don't see it there, um, the thing about the water, microscopic organs. Okay, so you get some guesswork by the investigators. You don't get any kind of neat explanation. And I like that. I thought that was cool. I don't think there would be a, a, a neat explanation. And if you have one, Kevin, let's hear it.
4: I don't necessarily have like the whole explanation. I, I agree with you that I like the fact that they don't they don't delve into like any sort of one a Patrick Wilson like theological explanation. They don't even like, go as far as like hellraiser and give you like this is hell they really do just say hey look there are portals into another dimension and if you look for them <clears throat> honestly this movie is just kind of about kind of about like don't go looking for shit cuz you never know what you might find
1: right and but- Anno, he talks about that he kind of alludes to that right a few times where he's right he he says things to the effect of of sometimes you shouldn't pay so much attention to things just no.
4: Exactly. Just but keep moving. The the water thing was really interesting to me because if you notice uh and I think the time jump threw me threw me for a loop on kind of connecting these dots at first but when I went back and rewatched it and thought about it so Walter is is the guy who initially is being haunted and we have no idea why Walter is being haunted. So he's the dude with like the creepy guy under his bed, and you sort of get like some uh, really cool, like found footage type stuff with Walter where he's trying to figure out what the fuck's in his house. So the little boy that dies, he—if you notice—he goes, he sneaks into Walter's yard because his toys are there. He drinks water out of the tap outside of Walter's window, right. And later in the movie is when they're like, yeah, it has something to do with the water. They can they can get into the water. They can infest you. They can nest and they can multiply. Well, after the little boy drinks the water and then Walter's like, get the fuck away from my house because Walter's dealing with his haunting. The kid gets creamed by that bus. Well, there's a quick scene after where they show somebody hosing his blood into the drain. That's how I think the neighborhood got infected. So the kid oh, drank the water, the kid wow. got, the kid got infected. They hosed his blood into the drain. Right. Then, then you go all the way back to the opening scene where the woman is hearing the noises in the drain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she ends up dying in the shower. So that's how it kind of spreads through the neighborhood. So if you yeah. want like a really bleak ending, essentially this thing is right. spreading now and everyone's fucked.
1: Wow. That's great. I, you're totally right. I didn't quite get yeah. that. They did wow. talk about traveling in the water. And so, Yes, yeah. that was
3: crazy. But now <laughs> I, I think totally differently. That explains a lot. Wow, yes. Kevin.
1: but what was
4: that's it? That's the so that that's what I'm saying. And to transpoint. they never they don't <laughs> give you that. They don't give you the whole like here's the tablet that somebody read from and opened up the portal to hell. They just it's so I can I can tell you what Spooky how bacteria. I think. Yeah, I can tell you how I think it happened to this particular neighborhood. I can't tell you what it is. They never tell you what it is. I think that that honestly is the terrifying part about it. And to what Trent had said that Hano alludes to a few times, it's almost like, hey, this evil shit could be living around you every single day. You're fine if you just don't go fucking looking for it. Sometimes just don't go looking for it. Keep your perspective the way it is.
1: Exactly.
3: I have a little reveal as well. Kevin, I'll set the scene a little bit here. We're on Zoom. We're all different places. But me and Kevin are in the same place on other sides of the studio. Kevin has a new mic. Maybe it's not that new, but this thing is fancy. Do you hear how loud he is and how crazy that thing sounds? Yeah. It, it looks like the mic that they sing to in Oh Brother Where Art Thou. It's like a gold <laughs> oh. net. It's got a golden <laughs> net and it's this chrome thing. It sits down in this carriage. I, I think we're going to need a, three more
4: of those. That was the whole point of the story. That was, yeah,
3: that's it. It, does it doesn't tie do into the water that. or anything like that.
4: Oh, well, that's really disappointing.
3: <laughs> yeah, it, it's like a, a, a hype man for Wu-Tang background vocal sound that you're getting over there. It's really, it's kind of hot. <laughs> Signal's kind of hot.
4: Anyway, speaking of Spanish movies, and and to maybe maybe wrap this up, uh, Guillermo del Toro has been talking about remaking this since 2018. The yeah. pandemic, mm. the pandemic, sort of squashed that. So I have no idea. I couldn't find online where that stands now. I believe he was going for an English-speaking remake. But also in 2019 and then during the pandemic, Damien Runya, the, the, the writer-director, who also did the music for Terrified, by the way, he was oh, talking I love about score. Great score. Yeah, it is it's good. And um, he was talking about how he was working on a script for a sequel to Terrified. The other thing that I couldn't find anywhere is I wonder if that's what When Evil Lurks is because it, because the trailer which is all I've seen is giving like terrified vibes. So that's I'm that's curious if if his his attempt at a sequel just sort of mutated into When Evil Lurks.
1: That that's exactly what I'm wondering because I read the synopsis somewhere of When Evil Lurks sounds like a very similar setup. And I and I was wondering that too if that's kind of if that started as a sequel to Terrified
3: Guillermo del Toro is a perfect match with this. The whole water element reminds me of him. And also the storytelling is very Guillermo del Toro.
1: I would love to see that.
3: Me too. And we, we usually don't want things like that. We usually don't want remakes of movies we love.
1: Yeah, I would be interested in that one.
4: My second pick uh, this week for basically what's in the walls and can you actually scare me anymore is uh, 2020's Natalie Erica James directed uh, feature debut a movie called Relic.
2: When elderly mother Edna inexplicably banishes, her daughter Kay and granddaughter Sam rush to their family's decaying country home, finding clues of her increasing dementia scattered across the house in her absence. After Edna returns just as mysteriously as she disappeared, Kay's concern that her mother seems unwilling or unable to say where she's been clashes with Sam's unabashed enthusiasm to have her grandma back. As Edna's behavior turns increasingly volatile, both begin to sense that an insidious presence in the house might be taking control of her.
4: So this is one that um, I watched when it first came out. Another one that got a lot of hype like terrified did kind of coming out of festivals. And this one is on shutter right now. uh, Also, I believe.
1: Um,
4: But, but this one, it it scared me in a different way than terrified. And now even watching it a few years later, um, as we all get older and as our parents get older, uh, it terrified me in a completely new uh, and incredibly depressing way. So, very small cast in very small setting again kind kind of like terrified, but this is even more compact just three people you just have three generations of a family in a house and they're essentially dealing with um the the grandmother, the mom um you know just decaying. Uh, I think there's a lot of past trauma that hasn't been dealt with that this movie alludes to um it's also you know pretty kind of haunted like like trent said you know that it, it's a tricky sub-genre to tackle so there's some traditional haunt stuff there's a little bit of a creature feature elements uh, but overall despite the fact that this does have a much more recognizable cast i still think that um, the performances are fantastic uh, and i do think that it, it's it's legit it's another tight under 90 minutes i think it is scary not in the same way as as terrified um, but I'm curious, this one made me really curious what, uh, the rest of you guys would think.
2: So I think it would be fun if we played a drinking game, uh, the next time we watched this movie, every time you hear someone say, mom, you take a drink, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, what, every wait. time you hear someone say grand grand, okay. You take a you. shot. Okay. Yeah. Oh, grand. wow. Grand is a shot. It's okay. constant. Uh, we would all get very fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> mom, mom, grand. <laughs> um, <all kidding> aside, <laughs> um this was uh, I would assume this was a, a very obvious you know as Kevin said metaphor for basically not wanting to hang out with your aging parents or just your parents in general I don't think that obvious metaphor made it any less creepy for sure I thought going into this, it would just be a solely like psychological kind of horror movie, which it definitely had plenty of. But the body horror that came out of this one was a lot, Uh, a lot of skin stuff, a lot of skin stuff, Uh, some bloody stuff, some moldy dried upness body uh, stuff that I would say is kind of hard to describe, uh, but definitely was very hard to watch then there was also this supernatural otherworldly dimension aspect to it which i've had so many nightmares of finding different rooms in like my childhood home and so that aspect of it just very much kind of made me not want to continue watching it but i don't know i just, with this one it was hard for me cuz i never really had like an like aha moment like i never really understood what was going on uh with it Especially like towards the end, with like the crawling and the cracking of the bodies and and whatnot. um, it definitely got me. And then the, it ended in this sweet kind of way, not really because obviously this curse or what. Oh,
1: I think it's yeah. Sorry, I, I'm, I'm hot spotting here. I like this one a lot. This is very, very, very good. I think this is a, a, a scary, well-made, well-paced. Engrossing, original, different cat. I think that when you uh, get a little older, you might you might find more (laughs) to this one. You kind of remind me of uh, the the daughter. So there's the the grandmother, the mother, and the granddaughter. And uh, one of the things that a lot of the stuff that happens in this movie is familiar to me now um, that I'm old. And one of the things that was familiar to me is, is how the granddaughter starts setting up a little bit of good cop, bad cop right away between uh, her mother and the grandmother where she's, she's decided she wants to be a hero. And maybe she'll go live with Graham Graham and uh, help her around the house and take care of things. And she starts uh, getting a little good cop, bad cop going where she says to Graham to Graham, oh, well, I just thought it'd be better if I live here. You know, mom's looking at homes for you. I, I've seen this stuff, you know, somebody's got to be a good cop act, you know, you got to do these things. And, uh, and then, and then I liked when, when Sam then starts getting, you know, she starts getting a little glimpse of dark grandma, starts having second thoughts about this com- commitment real fast. You know, she's, she does not, as it turns out, have what it takes to take care of Graham Graham. She's going to need, uh, help. It's a little more professional then i think what sam has to offer here and that's something that you know a lot of people uh, go through the only thing i would i would hold against this movie a little bit is on a second watch i think what this movie does is really really good and it does it really well i don't think it holds up as well because once you know once you've seen it and you know what it's doing it's already done the thing it's already it's it's done it's like poignant kind of relatable thing it's a little bit elevated horror i feel like it's you know it's a it's a family drama essentially. I think it loses a little bit. I don't I wouldn't really go back to it. I watched it twice and the second time I just think it loses a little bit of that power because you know exactly what it's doing.
3: I agree with that. But I'm 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 a big fan of the feel bad movie and like the indie body horror stuff is is always really cool. And I can I get in a zone with these slow movies like this and with the stuck landing. I'm totally in, Um, even though after the second time, both movies this week, after the second time, not as into them as I was when I first saw them when they first came out. And I was thinking, based on the synopsis that you did earlier, Kat, I would say that both movies this week were very inexplicable. (laughs) And I think that maybe it could be inexplicable week. (laughs) Maybe it that's is. what the it answer is. to all this is.
1: That's the thing. It's like I can't, I can't explain it. Not, I don't know. What it is. <laughs> it's like this unexplainable
3: love.
4: I don't know how movie. to describe my lack of my ability to explain this.
3: <laughs> I'm at a loss. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> I like Relic again. I had almost the exact same relationship with this movie as I had Terrified is I saw it once. I told all my friends, check this out. This is good. And then I think this time I was too hyped up going into both of them. Um, And and they also unfold. So, like, once you know what is going to happen, it does make it less fun.
4: I think that's kind of the purpose of finding movies that scare you is – making the rewatchability is a real triumph. If you can make a truly scary movie, essentially the next time that your audience watches it, it's, it's going to be less scary unless you can really find something that's like thought provoking in a second, third and any other subsequent watch. I, I felt like both of these movies actually nailed it um, in terms of, of being worth other watches. If, if, if they lose some of their scare, I think that there's a lot to go into with terrified to try to kind of dig into the story more. And in relic, I I felt the same. I thought I was going to feel the same way. So I would agree that on a second watch, it doesn't completely have you, but if you then aren't necessarily trying to figure out what hap- what is happening and you can start looking into it more i actually felt the emotional impact of relic on subsequent watches is really really strong because now you are looking for things like the good cop bad cop stuff that you talked about trent and you are starting to think more of the generational stuff and to me what i took away from this one is again like terrified i don't need to know the origin of the monster neither movie explains that and this is australian i looked into like folklore to see if there's anything cook in there not really i dug into the director um she is of japanese heritage and that really kind of stuck out to me on subsequent watches she mm. definitely pulled from a lot of the j horror yeah. with a lot of the way that this movie is kind of constructed. Mm. Um, but the generational stuff really got me. Um, so like Kat, you're talking about being afraid of like finding new rooms in your house. I interpreted that when I was watching this on, on the second and third time, as that is, there's a lot of, in this movie where there, I think what she's getting at is there's so much that we don't tell the other generations in our family Definitely. about the older generations, we tend to just glorify them. So Sam is only seeing Gran, Graham Graham, whatever Trent's referring to her as, as like this like golden goddess. And I think Kay, the mom, knows that her mother has some faults and there's definitely some cut scenes and some things they don't explain with the shack that's in the woods and you don't really know where Kay's dad where Grand's husband went Yeah, uh, I think they're hinting that there is some stuff that this family hasn't like dealt with some, yeah
1: I was getting that vibe too Kevin and I it does seem like maybe there's some cuts in there because I don't know I feel like something went on at that cabin maybe Grampy wasn't the, I don't know something going on there right
4: yeah bit. and I I I think when when Sam is sorry when Sam is lost in in the house I think that is a metaphor like a supernatural like metaphor for Sam is starting to discover what is what that that there are different the the new parts of the house that she's finding is like a physical manifestation of new parts of her family that she now has to come to terms with and this beautiful house that she grew up in because i don't know about you guys but when i think of my grandmother's house it's like the happiest place i was ever at as a kid and then as i get older and i discover more things about my family that place was a fucking haunted house
1: i think there's uh there's a lot of guilt in, yes. in the movie, too, there's that scene early on in the movie when when Graham Graham is missing and the cop is asking her daughter, when was the last time you talked to her? And she she's evasive about it because it's clear that she doesn't really want to admit how long it's been since she talked to her. Like, oh, I mean, not too long ago. <laughs> this is an investigation. Can you actually tell me when the last time was you spoke to your mother? My God, you haven't spoken to your own mother in how long, you know? She's obviously kind of feeling that type of guilt, and they have those conversations. The she has that co- the conversation with her own daughter about, you know, now you, this woman raised you up and, you know, wiped your ass, and now it's time for you to wipe hers. Yeah. You know? uh, now, of course, she, she Sam finds that it's a little more complicated than that, as she ends up, you know, like you talked about, Kevin. Having to come to terms with uh, with her own stuff, but I, there's a lot of kind of generational guilt and things like that going on. In the movie that I thought was good.
3: Can, we, can I do a spoiler? Sure. The grandmother is a rotten banana the whole time.
1: <gasps>
3: <gasps> <laughs> I like that. I like she looks like she's like glistening, like coal. She's all shiny and like dark black, and like it's crazy. That whole outro makes everything worth it uh, when it finally gets there.
4: Yeah and that's what you're talking when you talk about sticking the landing Dave the sort of more emotional rewatch of this movie is you're so focused the first time on like the monster that Grant is becoming that like you're really really captivated for like the last like 15 20 minutes you kind of lose the fact that like when everything starts to like kind of emotionally come together is as she's turning into a monster she's pointing at that post-it note that says I am loved. And that's when her daughter notices that post-it note and is like, Oh, you are turning into a monster, but I have to love you no matter what.
3: Right. That's how I want to go out.
4: Peeling your skin off and just having
3: someone else peeling my skin off (laughs) family. Yeah. Caitlin and Connie.
1: What's up? You guys ever think about, um, whether you'll seek to now before, let's say before you get to the situation that, Graham Graham is in here you ever think about maybe anticipating that like what are you going to do are you going to end up yeah right Dave's making a (laughs) throat slit uh, motion you ever think about doing like a Hunter S Thompson just you you gotta you gotta pick a day when you're still of sound enough mind to get the gun or make the noose or go to the bridge or do whatever it is and avoid (laughs) this whole chapter of life just end it before you get to this point you guys ever think about that no way
4: Well not until now.
2: Thanks. Yeah, that's bring down the pondle. I'm
4: just joking. I'm just joking.
3: You know, one of the things during this whole movie that the grandmother was hardly ever wrong. And all her arguments, she was like, It's my house, and like sometimes she seems so logical, and she's just like
1: she has a right to that.
3: Yeah. yeah, and you wonder if you know, there. Who's right? Because she seems to be pretty coherent. That, that's
1: that's what they do. You know, because every once in a while, and you're a human being, you make mistakes. Every once in a while, Graham will be right about something. You know, you're like, okay, I know you were right about that one thing. <laughs> you still have no idea what you're talking about.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah, you're super logical right now, but you still yes. just pissed your know. pants. I
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think that's a tough subject, especially for people that like. I don't plan on having children, so I'm like, okay, well, like, who do you think is going to take care of you when I get to that point? Like,
1: exactly, nobody's going to be around. Nick's
2: older than me; he's definitely going to go before me.
1: Exactly. Uh, Yeah. See, this is what this is. Maybe that's why. Maybe I I should pop out
2: a couple kids just to uh, secure my future.
1: Because otherwise, somebody's you're just going to get shoved in a state-run home in the back. They're not even going to turn you over. You're going to have bed sores and just wither away back there. Nobody's going to care about you. You don't have kids to help you out. Ride a I motorcycle like a, into the ocean. I was going to say,
2: I'm going to Thelma and Louise it by myself. Oh, that's if close. I got a, a solo Louise Thelma but you, situation. But that's the thing.
1: You have to have the courage to do that while you're still, you know, you'll still be giving up on at least some portion of life by doing that because you have to do it while you can still pull off the, the suicide. You know? Oh, the okay, ending well, of Thelma I'm gonna and Louise. Cross,
2: yeah, Whew. I'm going to cross that uh, canyon when I get there. Okay, pal.
1: A long way, yeah. It's a long way off for you, cat.
2: Thank you. It. I'm very young and cool and hot. Yeah. You got to figure
1: out this divorce. And engaged,
2: thing. yeah. I got to get divorced, and then I'll figure it out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> many, many unfortunate things you have you know, yet to. <laughs> Next week, it's back to the '80s. Checking out a movie from 1985 called *Fright Night* currently on amc plus or vod and a film from the following year called critters which is now on max or vod